Well, good morning. Uh, Nathan, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, this morning is about feelings. We're in the book of Job. We're in chapter 3 today, and it is sad. Just going to get that out there right up front. It is a sad passage. And uh, we've been talking about Job for the past couple of weeks. I hope you've been able to join us. Uh, Job has been all about loss. Uh, man, blessed by God, but we've seen in the first couple of chapters that he has lost. Uh, and it is sad. Um, where does evil come from? Where does suffering come from? How do you have faith in the middle of your suffering? And today we get to chapter 3, and we get to hear from Job. We get to read his thoughts. Job's heartbroken. He's lost his family, his possessions, his health, and he is feeling the loss. And we get to read about what he's feeling. So let me pray. This is uh, not going to, we're not going to end sad, but we are going to get into some of the sad thoughts that he has. But let me pray. Just ask God to bless our morning. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful that you've given us your word. And every chapter of your word has so much value. And Lord, as we read about Job today, we just pray that uh, you would teach us about feelings. You would teach us about reflection, about honesty, and about hope. And so, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would use your word today. Uh, in all of the ways that you choose to use it, all the ways that you want to teach us, the group that's here today, Lord, we want to hear from your word. So please teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you've been here, you know how a typical worship service goes here at Maranatha. We will be done by a certain time. You already know. Every week we are done by 12 o'clock, right? And uh, you've got plans, and we'll all, it's good to meet together, but we'll all go our separate ways. Uh, by 12 o'clock, everything will be uh, finished here this morning. And so that gives us a little time. And what we are used to is having everything kind of wrapped up nicely. And so it's happened to you like it's happened to me, right? You're, you're watching a movie or a show or you're reading a book and, you know, there's like 10 minutes left or there's just a few pages left. And you think, how are they going to wrap this up? How are they? And then they do. They do. Everything gets wrapped up nice and neat and tidy. Uh, and that happens a lot of times. But today is not that way. Um, the book of Job does have a good ending, uh, but we're not finishing the book today. Today we are in chapter 3, and we're listening to Job in his suffering. And so please find Job chapter 3 with me. We're going to be reading a few different sections from Job chapter 3. Uh, life is full of emotions, isn't it? And I don't care how old you are or how much of life you've already lived. You have had a lot of emotion and feeling in your life so far. Every day you have feelings that, that you come across. And it goes up and down and right and left. And every day is different. You have feelings. Let me show you what I mean. Show some pictures here. So let's say the beginning of the day. Oh, yeah. What do you feel about that? That feels right, doesn't it? On oh, so many levels. You know, you got God's word. You got, you got caffeine is there. Um, it looks like you'll have time to think and pray, and I feel good seeing that. Don't you? Don't you feel it? Maybe a little too perfect, right? But it looks nice and good, right? And then your day can start, and you got to deal with stuff. So you got the next one here, and then that's life, right? How, how do you feel seeing it? Some of you are feeling stressed right now, just looking at that picture, like, ah, no, come on, we got to clean this up. What's going on in here? It just bothers you, right? That place is a mess. Um, so maybe you feel unsettled or something. All right, next. Uh, and this may be uh, stressful for some of us to see too. Throughout our day, we deal with people and we deal with conversations and we deal with disagreements a lot of times. And you can feel 
uh, misunderstood. You can feel frustrated throughout your day dealing with people, right? All right, next one here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is Pastor Mike. That picture was taken hours after his daughter was born. What do you think Pastor Mike is feeling in this picture right now? I mean, he's feeling love. He's feeling relief, joy, uh, thankfulness, um, tired probably. If, if Pastor Mike ever gets tired, I've never really seen that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a great picture. All right, next. Oh, Wait, is this even, you're probably feeling angry at me for even showing this on the screen right now. You're like, you can't do that to us. Come on now. It's Sunday. We're getting closer to lunch. That is just wrong for you to show that. Maybe you're feeling hungry. You're feeling anger at me. I don't know. Uh, All right, next one. Okay, if you're a student or maybe someone who works in an office or something like that, you can look at stacks of paperwork and it can make you feel different ways. You might feel motivated. You're like, all right, let's get going. The first one, let's, let's, let's get going on these books and these, this homework. Uh, if you're a student, maybe you're wishing summer would be here at this point in time. You see a stack of books like that. Yeah. All right, the next one. Now, this is a sad one. This is a sad one. Uh, some of us have lost uh, those that we love, and uh, it's never really the same after that, is it? If you've lost someone close to you, you've lost someone in your life that you've loved, um, death can bring a lot of emotions and feelings, and that can affect us on a daily basis, can it? That can affect your day. Every day, you have a reminder, and you're sad about that. Okay. Well, um, we have the privilege, and it really is a blessing, to read Job 3 today. And this is a man who has lost. He has lost. A man full of feeling. And how will he explain that? We're going to read the first 10 verses of Job 3. And as we do, uh, maybe you could picture the scene. You know, um, what if it was a friend of yours? Job was a friend of yours, and you were going to see him, and and you're on the ground sitting with him. And and then they speak out after being silent, after having gone through all that they've gone through. Uh, We read at the end of Job chapter 2, that Job's three friends came to comfort him, and from a distance, they don't even recognize him. His friends, his friends don't recognize him. And it says, uh, they raised their voices, his friends, they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. So seven days go by, seven nights go by, and then Job speaks. What will he say? Let's read, starting in verse 1 of Job 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, a man is conceived, let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse up Leviathan, which is a, like a dangerous uh, sea creature. Let the stars of its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light, but have none. Nor see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. So we see in this first section Job's curse. 
Job's curse. He, he curses the day he was born, the night he was conceived, he curses it. And Job is sitting with his friends here, chapter 3, and, and silence for seven days and seven nights. I can't even imagine, you know, what that's like. But uh, this was after his friends had already heard the news of his loss and made arrangements to travel and come to see him. So I believe it could have been, you know, weeks had already passed between Job's suffering and him making these statements. And so Job had plenty of time to, to think before he speaks. He says what he wants to say. He had time to suffer, to let the pain, it's, it's fully sunk in what's happened. And he has time to reflect and go through the range of emotions. Do you read, I mean, when you read it, do you see the emotions in what he's saying? It's impossible to miss it, right? The emotion in which he's writing. And maybe you have had situations in your life where you just had to kind of be away, be in solitude, be in quiet, be in silence, and just process and just think and pray and be with the Lord and just, just get away from people. And so what we read for Job is not Job sharing off the top of his head. This is not just reactive, this happened, and this is how I respond. This is him processing uh, after weeks, I believe, of contemplating what has happened. And what he says is cursing the day he was born. He curses it. As Christopher Ashe puts it, there are armchair questions and there are wheelchair questions. Nobody in this room has gone through what Job has gone through. Uh, and I know there are people in this room that have dealt with pain and dealt with loss. Um, but if we're to say that we've gone through exactly what Job has gone through, none of us have. And so when we look at this book, we have an armchair perspective. It's kind of like an armchair quarterback, somebody who watches football and thinks they know what should happen and, and, and how it should be played. But they're, they, they're not playing the game. Um, well, Job here is in the wheelchair. He has been affected personally. And the statements he makes are for personal experience uh, from the wheelchair. And so uh, painful loss. I mean, this, the hard events that he's had to bear. So much loss that he's cursing his very birth. Uh, the burden of all is just too much, you know? And so we're reading his, the first statements of Job, Job chapter 3. But should we keep going in this book? Should we keep going in chapter 3? I mean, Job, it's tough. This book is tough. And Job... It's, it's raw, it's real, uh, and it's so important. It is so important. Uh, this book is about suffering, uh, and it's helped countless people who have suffered, and we should keep reading. We should be, keep reading in chapter 3 uh, because this is God's word, and we have Job to teach us about being honest in suffering. And so there's no dressing it up here. There's no fake smile. There's no Job saying, okay, well, my friends are here. I got to put on my happy face and I got to act like I'm doing okay and I got to act like things are better than they really are. No, not with Job. This is a man who is presenting his feelings as honestly as he can. And that is worth reading. And so let's pick up again in verse 11. From what Job is saying, after he suffered, he continues. Verse 11, why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. Then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, or 
who filled their houses with silver? Or why was I not as a hidden stillborn child, as infants who never see the light? There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voice of the taskmaster. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Uh, We read about Job's lament. Job's lament. Why couldn't he have just gone on from this life? And he's talking about a place uh, in the Old Testament that the... uh, Rest for uh, souls that had been departed, or the place of the dead. It's called Sheol. And so he laments that by saying, that place would be better than where I am now. That's the level of anguish he's facing. And that description is preserved for us in God's word. Why would God want us to read this today? Why does everybody here this morning have a copy of Job 3 in the Bible that you're reading this morning? Why has God preserved this for us? Uh, Why does God want us to study this today? Because we should know that suffering is in the world and suffering makes us feel this way. This is how suffering makes us feel. And this is not my favorite passage in the Bible. I'm just gonna get that out there right now. You know, I'm glad to teach it today, to walk through it with you today, but this is not my favorite passage. Um, But the book of Job is important and this section is important because Job has to, he has to be honest with the way he's feeling. That's the first step he he needs to take. If he fakes his way through this, he'll never heal. He'll never learn what he needs to learn about God. And so we see Job's lament. Verse 20. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter in soul? Who long for death, but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures. Who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes instead of my bread, and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes." We see Job's question in this section. Job's question, why was he born at all? Why live? Job's question. I know there's there's young people in this room right now. Hello, young people. (laughs) You know who you are. I'm not going to give an age range or anything like that. Um, But something happens. As you get older, Everything starts to sink in. Maybe the reality of the way things are, the reality of what way your life is, the circumstances in your life that you have no control over, and you can get discouraged, and you can feel hopeless, and then what? How do you respond? And I know, I know that there's people in this room that have thought about ending their own lives. And you've thought, maybe just ending this is the best thing to do. If that's you, please listen to this verse from later in Job, the same man who wrote what we just read. In Job 42, he says, Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Job's confidence is in God, uh, whose ways are higher, whose plans are more wonderful than he can understand. That's where Job's confidence is. So no matter what he's feeling in chapter 3, he still has hope. 
And look where it leads him later. I mean, it's easy for us. We could just flip easily to the end of the book in chapter 42 and see where he's hopeful and see what happens at the end. But right now, he's just in chapter 3. He's, he, he's feeling it in chapter 3. But there is hope. And you can have the same hope. There's always hope with the Lord. I'm so thankful Connor chose the songs he chose today. And we can rejoice. We can sing together about the hope that we have. There's always hope. Not in circumstances, but in your God. In your God, there's always hope. Um, so in reading Job 3, there's an opportunity to talk about feelings. You have them. I have them. What's going on with them? <laughs> feelings, right? We feel different things all day long, every day. What do we do with them? Uh, ladies, you are better at feelings than guys, generally. Uh, you can identify your feelings. You can communicate your feelings. You're very good at that. Um, guys, we, are, we have a harder time with feelings, right? We, uh, we try to hide feelings sometimes. You know, it just sneaks up on you sometimes. You're, um, you're watching Toy Story, and, and Andy is giving away his toys, and it's getting emotional, and you're like, what is going on? This is a movie about toys. What's happening here? Um, what's going on with our feelings? Should we listen to them? Should we trust them? Should we avoid them? Should we follow them? How do we handle our feelings? Uh, especially because they're so complicated. They're so unpredictable. Feelings can turn based on a, like a circumstance or, or your desire changes. Um, feelings, I mean, picture this. You can feel like your blind date is going really well and you're feeling good about this blind date and then you notice, you look down and your, your date is wearing uh, sandals and they have untrimmed toenails, long, nasty and, and your feeling changes pretty quick about the date, right? You could, you could go from thinking, um, man, this date's going really great. Like, I could really see myself with this person. And then, yikes, whoa, I got to get out of here. What is this ending? Are we almost, what time is it? Are we almost done here? Uh, there could be two extremes that we could have when it comes to feelings. Let's look up on, this, on the screen here. Two extremes. Number one, feelings are so important, they should dictate my actions. See that extreme? Feelings are so important, they should dictate my actions. Or the other extreme, number two, feelings are so unimportant, they should be avoided. Do you see how those are extremes? They both lead to wrong thinking. Both of them lead God out of your thinking, actually. Uh, God's word determines our actions, uh, and God made you with feelings. He made you that way. He made you to feel. That's how he made you. And so I'm going to present an alternative this morning uh, that's maybe a balance between there that we could go to God with our emotions, that we could let God speak to them. Go to God with your feelings. Let him speak to them. Uh, like we said, God made us. He made us to be emotional. <laughs> um, God created us in his image, and God has intellect and will and emotion. Think about it. God has joy. God has hate. We read about this in Scripture. God has wrath. God has compassion. God has jealousy. God has love. Uh, throughout the Bible, we see characters with emotions and feelings. Uh, have you ever read the Psalms? And not just read them, but have you ever felt the Psalms? Psalms are so good. Uh, have you had a Psalm say, say it better than you could say it? 
You ever had a psalm like that? You're reading it, you're like, this is exactly it. And then you can adopt that psalm, and then you can pray back that psalm. That's a, that's a good move. That is an excellent idea. Take a psalm, make it your own. Let the psalmist speak for you. Um, when you're conflicted, you're kind of mixed up inside, you're not sure if anyone else has felt the way you feel. Find a psalm, search the psalms. They're more honest, they are more real, they speak for your heart better than any new track on Spotify, any new thing. You know, you're looking out in the world, you're saying, somebody, I'd I love to, for you to speak for me. The psalms will speak for you better. The psalms are legit. They are inspired. They can help us with our emotions. Uh, my wife's favorite author is Ed Welch. He said this. You'll see it on the screen here. Emotions portray what is happening in our hearts. Or we could say that emotions speak on behalf of our hearts. They tell us what we really want. Isn't that true? And this is what happens when you identify with a psalm and let it express what you're thinking, uh, you're feeling, you're wanting. You're like, this psalm is doing it for me. And I'm going to encourage you in a few moments um, to take your emotion, your honest emotion, to the Lord. You can tell him anything. Anything. God knows you. He made you. He can search you to your soul. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. You'll see that on the screen. I love this psalm. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What a great prayer. And you know what's excellent about this? Just, just look at it for a second with me here. The psalmist, David, in Psalm 139, he's being straight up with God. He's, he's asking God to search his heart. And our heart is where our emotions and our feelings are. And so David wants God to know his feelings and beyond that, his thoughts, and he's saying, God, just know me, the real me, the full me, God, know me, and give me, or see what needs to change, see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So lead me and change me. I love this. See who I really am, and then change me. And isn't that the gospel? You know, we admit our need for the Lord, for God, and in our sin that we need Jesus in our life, and we need to, to be different than we were. Redeem us from our sinful lives, Lord. Uh, give us a new life, trusting in Jesus and becoming more like him. That's gospel thinking. And so we need these kinds of psalms. They help us with our feelings and, and where we're coming from. Uh, you know, whether accurate or inaccurate, your feelings are real. They are legitimate. You're feeling them, right? Uh, when we have physical pain, we don't deny that the pain is there, do we? Like if you're walking along and you stub your toe, it's happened to all of us, right? I keep talking about toes. Uh, but when you stub your toe uh, and it hurts, you know, that moment you hit it and then you kind of have that moment before the pain hits it. You're like, did I really just stub my toe? Here it comes. And then you start to feel like, oh, you know. Uh, do you deny that you feel pain? No, it's not wrong to feel. It's real. It's, it's physical pain. It's not wrong to feel that pain. It's wrong to curse in that moment. Don't curse, right? Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. So that's why we have replacement words. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in, I don't believe in replacement words. Um, we don't want to uh, curse or wish harm on anyone or anything, um, but we do feel the pain of a stubbed toe. I've felt it. You've felt it. Uh, it's impossible not to feel it. So why would it be different with our emotions? If we say physically, if something happens to you, okay, your emotions, or your, your, the pain is real. With, um, 
with your emotions, it's impossible not to feel them. Uh, have you seen this movie up on the screen, Inside Out? came out a few years ago. That was an interesting way to show the range of human emotions, right? There's different characters that are different emotions in the movie, and they, you know, they kind of take turns. Um, and it switches so quickly depending on, on what's happening. Your feelings change quickly, don't they? Um, so all people have emotions. Our artists show it. We see it, it, any kind of expression of human emotion. In songs, songs can be happy or sad or angry or whatever, you know. Even in paintings or poetry or just anything, there's a range. Stories people write, they can be uplifting and encouraging or they can be gloomy and depressing and discouraging and everything in between. Any human expression uh, of art, you know, it, it shows this range of emotion. You know, in Scripture, we see a range of emotions. You see it. It would be interesting to read through your Bible and think that way. Like, I'm looking for feelings this time I read through. It would be interesting. You will see a lot of them. Human beings are made to feel things. Uh, Alistair Groves, who's a Christian counselor, he says this. You'll see on the screen. God doesn't call us to avoid or squash our emotions, as Christians often suppose. Neither does he call us to embrace them unconditionally, as our culture often urges. Rather, he calls us to engage them by bringing our emotions to him and to his people. I like the word engage because it doesn't make a premature assumption about whether the emotion is right or wrong or how it might need to change. Instead, it highlights what the Bible highlights. Our emotions, good and bad, are meant to reveal the countless ways we need God. I really like that. I like the way he puts that. I really do. If God made us with emotion, to deny feelings is to say, God, you shouldn't have made me this way. You made me to feel this, but you shouldn't have made me to feel this. And I'm not talking about um, like sinful urges. God didn't make us with those. But I'm talking about feelings. Um, if God made you to feel things, then feel things. <laughs> uh, Jesus, our perfect example in everything, felt things. Jesus had feelings. Think about his life. Uh, he felt love and compassion for people. Jesus got angry. Remember with the money changers in the temple? Uh, Jesus was angry with them. Uh, Jesus was sad when Lazarus died. He wept about it. Jesus weeping. Jesus questioned God on the cross. He prayed, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, fully God, fully man, that I'm talking about. God, as a man, had emotion in his life. You have feelings. You have emotions. It is okay. It is okay. I want to talk about what to do with them. I want to apply some things from Scripture here, some application points this morning. First, be honest with your feelings. Be honest with your feelings. Job was one of the most honest guys you can read. And I would argue, actually along with the Psalms, um, that the depth of honesty is unparalleled in, in what? All of literature? Um, he is so honest. And Job believes in God. That's clear from Job 3. But his honesty paves the way for true resolution. It does. 
He's not playing games. He's not hiding emotion and feeling. He gets them out there. And it's so important with his relationship with the Lord. If he were not this honest, could he truly heal? If he had questions that were unanswered, would they ever go away? He has to. And as my friend said this week about this passage, Job has to reshape his concept of God. I thought God would always bless me. I thought he would always be good to me, and now I'm suffering. And so, God, who are you really? I thought you were this way, and now this is happening, so who are you? He has to ask that question. The honesty is important. It's important for you and me, our honesty before the Lord. You know, we read that psalm, search me. Are you asking that of God? God, he knows you. He knows fully everything about you, about the circumstances in your life, even the trials he has placed you in. Now, are you being honest about those? Personally, even to yourself, the way that you think and you process? Um, are you going to God with us? Are you, are you asking God, like, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. I'm being honest about this. I'm gonna encourage you, be honest with your feelings. Secondly, go to God with your feelings. It's okay to ask God why. Can we just say that all, be in agreement on that this morning? It's okay to ask God why. It's okay to tell him how you feel. Uh, it's not okay to stay in a place where uh, you just question him forever. Uh, because when you question him, when you're honest, and you go to God with your feelings, and you question, you ask why, and you ex express your frustration, be ready for him to answer you and for him to change your perspective. He will. And this is what's happening with Job. He knows God is good. He doesn't know why all this had happened. And so there's that conflict. God can handle your questions. God can handle your frustrations. Don't be afraid to share those with the Lord. Don't be afraid to go, go to a whole other level in your walk with the Lord, in your prayers to the Lord, go to a whole other deeper level of honesty with God. Thirdly, I encourage you, let God speak to your feelings. God can move us where we need to be. That's what he does. That's what this life is all about, <laughs> moving us to where we need to be. God changing us, shaping us, using circumstances in our lives, using people, using situations we've gone through and trials and be, for us to become more like Christ. And so God can speak to our feelings and move us where we need to be, even our emotions, even the way we feel about things. There's a promise in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says that when we take our requests to God and when we're thankful, there's a peace that God will answer us. He'll hear us, but there's a peace that God gives us that we cannot understand. Oh, man, that's such a promise. And some of you need that peace. I don't know everybody in here and what you're dealing with, but some of you need that peace right now. Some of you are dealing with things, and you have questions. And I'm going to encourage you, go head on with the Lord with those questions. Honestly go to him. Honestly present uh, the truth uh, and your questions and your frustrations and all of that. And you need the peace that he's that was promised in Philippians 4. You need to just say, God, this is where I'm at. 
I am thankful, but my request is this, and my struggle is this, and this is where I am. And let God speak to those feelings. Maybe you're trying to fool yourself uh, into thinking that you're okay and you're not. And it could be about a number of things. Maybe you're thinking about whatever it is right now. You're like, you know what? I know what it is. Something in your life that is just not the circumstances that you chose. And your frustration is just there. Are you going to God with it? Are you letting him hear all about it? He wants to hear from you. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to comfort you. Don't fool yourself into thinking um, you're okay when you're not. God can handle it. Um, God's word is a treasure, isn't it? I mean, we love it here. You're a Maranatha Bible church. We love it. This is a Bible church. God's word speaks to everything and anything that we need. And so it can correct our thinking and our feelings. And we need that from time to time. Our feelings can be set right. I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Just whatever's going on with you. I don't know if you're at the level of Job. Uh, you're thinking, man, I, I'm, in, I'm in deep with something so serious. I don't know. That could be true for you. Uh, it could just be frustrations that you have on a daily basis. But I want to pray for you, that God would work in you, that God would uh, help you to, and teach you to be honest and to go to him. So let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful for who you are. And Lord, we rejoice in the truth of the gospel. We sang it earlier today. Uh, Lord, to think that Jesus hung on the cross for us to pay the penalty for our sins and to give us forgiveness and a purpose in life following you, Lord. Thank you so much that our lives are not just a series of uh, purposeless days where we feel and we react and we go ups and downs and there's no real meaning to it. Lord, thank you that there is meaning to our days, that you are teaching us, you are revealing yourself to us on a daily basis. So Lord, I want to pray for the people that are in this room that have heard from Job. Lord, I want to pray that they would become more like Job, not in his suffering, but in his response. Lord, that he is honest. Lord, help us to be honest. Lord, would our prayers reach a deeper level than they've ever been before? Lord, sometimes life, it just, it can feel out of control. Sometimes our feelings uh, can overwhelm us, how strong they are. Lord, I would just ask that you would work in us uh, to be more honest, to recognize how we're feeling. And Lord, we're just, I'm just going to pray that each of us would go to you in everything, in joy, in sorrow, in happy times, in sad times, in times that we're confident, in times that we're needy. Lord, let us go to you with our feelings. Uh, let us seek you. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us in our feelings. Lord, you've given us your word. You've given us the Psalms. Lord, you can speak to us. You've given us everything that we need to, to be taught truth, to be guided in the way you want us to go. And Lord, I would ask that you would please do that in us. You would guide us. Lord, we need you. We're glad to come to you with our feelings. We're glad to be honest before you. Please change us. Please use us. Use our lives to know you better. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.